Good morning. How are y'all doing over there? Good. How are you, Shannon? Hey, doing good, Dr. Hanson. Y'all ready to roll? I'm ready. Okay. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everybody. We're live today, Friday, October 27th, 2023. Once again, it's an honor to bring back Dr. Jonathan Hanson and the team at World Ministries International for another edition of the Warning Broadcast, simulcast right here on Omega Man Radio. Dr. Hanson, would you like to open us up in prayer? Father God, thank you again for who you are. You are our rock, our fortress, a mighty God in whom we can trust. Again, the finger of God, those that fight our battles, if we allow you to do it. So, Father God, put everyone right now on notice about these times we live in, that they need to really prepare themselves. Because, again, things are only going to intensify. You're not returning to rule and reign till after the Battle of Armageddon. We're not leaving here until then. So help us in these times to have ourselves prepared to do some real spiritual warfare and to have ourselves prepared for what's coming so we can protect and prepare our families for what lies ahead. Bless this time right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I've got a good program today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to, as you know, here in a few days there is Halloween and very sad to say even a lot of Christians celebrate it. The Bible tells us we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The truth will set us free. And the church is so ignorant, so naive, and actually so backslidden. Because even if some Christians understand the pagan roots, they don't care. They don't care. They don't take spirits seriously. Again, this usually comes from the pulpit, the church they attend. So instead of being able to cast out demons, they would send a person with problems to a counselor. We are in a backslidden America where only the remnant is in tune to reality, and sometimes the remnant seems to compromise. The first program you're going to hear is from Apostolic Leader Eric Hurd coming out of Florida, and I'm going to be discussing Halloween. That's the witch's number one holiday. And then you're going to hear me speak on trust. We've got to put our trust in the Lord if you want to survive in these last days without falling apart. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Please check my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. I have with me apostolic leader Eric Hurd, Sons of Issachar, out of Florida. Welcome, Eric. Always a pleasure to be here, Dr. Hansen. Thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. It's it's good always having you. And... Uh, you know the situation as far as we're living in a world today, in a world even in America today, not, not just the world, but America today, that has lost its direction. We're in this situation, we've talked about it many times, because the church is so dysfunctional. The church is anemic. The church doesn't seem to know right, right from wrong anymore. The church, they suffer from a lack of knowledge, it seems, a lack of seriousness, they don't realize, half of the church doesn't even realize uh, that they should be supporting Israel. Instead, you have marches and demonstrations all through America supporting Hamas, a terrorist organization bent on uh, the destruction of Israel and America. But yet, all through America, these Palestinians that have migrated here are demonstrating also 
with teachers from the public schools and universities once again supporting them just like they supported Black Lives Matter because again uh, we're living in a world today that America is a communist takeover right now that's what they're trying to do move us into the new world order and the church is too pathetic too dysfunctional too ignorant to stop it well the Lord talks about this in last days that men will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils in Revelation that talks about returning back to your first love and the importance of being filled with the fire from on high, the Holy Spirit, that will give you the boldness to speak against falsehood. And so we have a church that um, has a transition with the Lord. There was a time, Dr. Hansen, where, you know, the prosperity gospel was, I believe, was given to ministers so we could spread the gospel around the world. Because, as you know, to fight a war, you need finances. But I think that God has shifted from that. And so uh, people didn't realize that the revelation of Jesus Christ, we're living in that day even now. It's just amazing to see the players and all coming together, chessboard and moving. And it's just really amazing to watch. But I know that we have the victory and I know that we have to continue to occupy till he comes. We have to um, speak to the lions uh, and the eagles right now because the sheep, um, they don't have the capacity to really understand what the Lord is saying. But uh, we as the leaders right now, we really have to start pushing it more and more. I'm going to talk a little bit. We're talking about the dysfunctional church and and uh, half of the church is dysfunctional as far as backing sins of abomination. We've talked about that before because uh, the Federal Council of Churches is over the National Council of Churches, the Geneva-based World Council of Churches, and that is what leads the mainline churches. It's a Marxist covering they're under. And that's why they back abortion, homosexuality. That's why they back Palestine, uh, the Palestinians, uh, which actually they're just Arabs from Jordan and Egypt. No such thing as the Palestinians uh, uh, until they created this thing. But Jordan and Egypt did not want them back because they wanted to let them be there and cause trouble because they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth and America. And so... This is what we're seeing today is is a church and the other half of the church, Pentecostals, Charismatics, etc. Even the statement of faith might be good, but they go to public schools and universities taught by these Marxists and Islamics and they have adapted their same value system and they don't even know what's right, what's wrong, what's pagan, what's holy, like Halloween. We're talking about Halloween. And so uh, here, Tuesday night, Halloween what do you think about that, Eric? Well, it's an abomination, and a lack of knowledge is destroying many people, especially in the spiritual realm, because parents are not aware and preachers are not preaching the truth. And I heard a teaching on Halloween a few days ago, and the guy went into some very deep things, and things I didn't actually know about the actual ritual. Uh, and so it's just amazing um, that we are uh, allowing this, and in the media as well. People love horror movies. They not understand that you're allowing, if you dress uh, your child up as a wizard and as a witch, but then you're inviting these spirits into them, unbeknownst to the parents. Uh, and so we really have to be aware. The Bible says that be sober and vigilant because the adversary of the devil, he, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. So uh, it's lack of knowledge is taking a lot of people out. And so we have to still continue to cry loud and spare not. I'm going to read you uh, a little bit from my notes. Um, History traces Halloween back to the ancient religion of the Celtics. The Celtic people were very conscious 
of the spiritual world and had their own ideas of how they could gain access to it, such as by helping their over 300 gods to defeat their enemies in battle or by imitating the gods and showing cleverness and cunning. Their two main feasts were Beltane at the beginning of summer, May 1, and Samhain at the end of summer, November 1. They believe Samhain was a time when the division between the two worlds became very thin when hostile supernatural forces were active and ghosts and spirits were free to wander as they wished. Now, the Celtic priests who carried out the rituals in the open air were called Druids, members of the pagan orders in Britain, Ireland, and Gaul, who generally performed their rituals by offering sacrifices, usually of animals, but sometimes of humans, in order to placate the gods, ensuring that the sun would return after the winter and frightening away evil spirits. To the Celtics, the bonfire represented the sun and was used to aid the druid in his fight with dark powers. The term bonfire comes from the words bonfire, literally meaning the bones of sacrificed animals, sometimes humans, were piled in a field with timber and set ablaze. All fires except those of the Druids were extinguished on Samhain, and households were levied a fee to relight their holy fire, which burned at their altars. During the festival of Samhain, fires would be lit, which would burn all through the winter, and sacrifices would be offered to the gods on the fires. Again, sometimes humans. The practice of burning humans was stopped around 1600. An effigy was burned instead. Now, Samhain was a supreme night of demonic jubilation. Spirits of the dead would rise out of their graves and wander the countryside, trying to return to the homes where they formerly lived. Frightened villagers tried to appease these wandering spirits by offering them gifts of fruits and nuts. This is the origin of our present-day trick or treat. They began the tradition of placing plates of the finest foods and bits of treats that the household had to offer on their doorsteps as gifts to appease the hunger of the ghostly wanderers, if not placated. Villagers feared that the spirits would kill their flocks or destroy their property if they didn't placate them this way. Now, the problem was, if the souls of dead loved ones would return that night, so could anything else, human or not, Nice or not so nice. The only thing the superstitious people knew to do to protect themselves on occasion was to masquerade as one of the demonic hordes and hopefully blend in unnoticed among them. Wearing masks and other disguises and blackening the face with soot were original ways of hiding oneself from the spirits of the dead who might be roaming around. This is the origin origin of Halloween masquerading as devils, imps, orgies, and other demonic creatures. Eric? This is amazing. This information has to get out to the mainstream pastors because these pastors are allowing an alternative to trick-or-treat or Halloween, which is compromised or compromising. And I know my wife was saying that in her office, uh, they have different offices having a competition of who would have who would have the best costumes. I said, we don't compromise. You know, she said, well, you know, they're going to get upset with me. I said, let them get upset. Okay, we have to understand the spiritual symbology and reality 
of this pagan ritual. And these demons right now, I mean, even besides Halloween, they're coming out more than ever now today uh, in people because of, again, the media and all these horror movies that's going on, Netflix, and people just love to be scared, but they're opening up there through that fear they're opening up portals to uh, be possessed and uh, influenced by the enemy. Numerous folk customs connected with the pagan observances for the dead have survived to the present. The various activities traditional to Halloween are mostly associated with the idea of obtaining good fortune and foretelling the future. The idea behind ducking, ducking, or bobbing for apples seems to have been snatching a bite from the apple enables the person to grasp good fortune. Samhain is a time for getting rid of weaknesses as pagans once slaughtered weak animals, which were unlikely to survive the winter. Now, I could go on and on where some bob for apples and they were bobbing for the skulls of the people they butchered. The skulls. This is what we're imitating. Well, that's why, you know, we, we, we're perishing. This is why we're, we're weak because we've allowed the same pagan practices as the children of Israel did in the old times. And that's what God says, not to adapt their ways, their customs. And so um, under the guise of candy and sweets and chocolate, <laughs> we're, we're allowing these demons to just freely roam. And not only that, they, they need a home. They want a home. That's what they're looking for is a host home. Listen to this. The jack-o'-lantern. Is the festival light for Halloween and is the ancient symbol of a, a damned soul. Originally, the Irish would carve out tunips or beets as lanterns as representations of the souls of the dead or goblins freed from the dead. When the Irish immigrated to America, they could not find many turnips to carve into jack-o'-lanterns, but they did find a lot of pumpkins. Pumpkins seem to be a suitable substitute for the turnips and pumpkins have been an essential part of Halloween celebrations ever since. Pumpkins were cut with faces representing demons and originally intended to frighten away evil spirits. It was said that if a de demon or such were to enter something as fittish looking as themselves, that they'd run away in terror, sparing the house dwellers from the ravishes of dark entities. It goes on. They would have been carried around the village boundaries or left outside the home to burn through the night. That's these jack-o'-lanterns, these faces of demons to scare other demons away. Bats, owls, and other animals, also popular symbol of Halloween, were originally feared because people believed these creatures could communicate with the spirits of the dead. Black cats uh, has a religious origin as well. During the Middle Ages, it's believed that witches could turn themselves into black cats. Thus, when such a cat was seen, it was considered to be a witch in disguise. Eric? Well, this is Satan's world, and it's real. And I think people are realizing now more than ever, there's a clash coming between the goodness and, and darkness. Aleister Crowley uh, he was called the uh, wickedest man on earth, the beast. Anyway, he was saying that, as we were talking about sacrificing of humans, and this goes on today, where they require a child, a male child, to harness that energy from that child through sacrifice. So 
human sacrifice is no longer just chickens and animals now. They've gone full-fledged because if they're going to have the power that they desire to have, they have to violate the innocence. And this is what we're dealing with even right now with the exposure of human trafficking. So effigies, I believe that these things are actually real. You know, they do um, they do something at the Bohemian Grove. They, the owl statue there, they um, burn a, a human effigy there. Could be, it could be a real human. Who knows these days? Because they want more power. Satan knows his time is short. So he's trying to harness all the power he can, right, to defeat the Lord as he comes back. Well, you get in the totem poles of the Native Americans on the bottom of the totem pole before they put up the totem pole was the, the skull of a human being. And so um, I'll tell you what, we are involved in so many pagan holidays that Christians should not be dabbling in. I'm just going to read a little bit more. It says, witches and witchcraft are dominant themes of the holiday. Witches generally believe themselves to be followers of an ancient religion, which goes back far beyond Christianity, and which is properly called Wicca. Witches are generally just one side of a modern revival of paganism, the following of pre-Christian nature religions, the attempt to return to worshiping ancient Norse, Greek, or Celtic gods and goddesses. The Apostle Paul said witchcraft is one of the acts of the sinful nature, and those who practice it will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, Galatians 5, 16 through 21, as well as Revelation twenty two fifteen. 15. Halloween is, is filled with nothing. The costumes themselves, Eric, are demonic, demonic, and we think nothing of it. Actually, and then you have the perversion of men dressing up as... Uh women and women dressing up as men. It's amazing when you look at the uh, Christianity versus the uh, occult practices that have been going on for thousands of years. And they're still around today. They just have people with shirt and ties on and, and, and dresses on during the day, but witches at night. And so I used to think prior to really getting into understanding spiritual warfare that there was a, you know, maybe a few witches covens in the forest you know, they do their thing. But this is this is being done at high levels. Governments, banking, entertainment. Uh, there was one uh, in the entertainment industry, uh, primarily a guy was giving testimony of the music industry. And what they would do, they would take the music, the tracks of the music, and the guy had left the, uh, he had left the corporation, came back. He said, you guys still doing the same thing with the music. He said, yeah, we put them in a uh, circle with a pentagram and we have witches pray over. Not only that, Dr. Hansen, to affect the music. So whoever is listening to the music open themselves up to demonic influence and possession. There's a drink called, I think it's something, uh, Mega Death or Liquid Death. And actually they have a witch praying over that drink that people are drinking for energy drinks, Dr. Hansen. I know, I know. I understand this. You know, the Bible is, is so clear. All through the scriptures, you know, we could ask the question, should Christians adopt such practices, well, Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can we borrow the pagan customs and superstitions of ancient peoples and Christianize them? You know, the Catholic Church tries to Christianize other religions. You know, the Bible says, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil, 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22. So who can deny that virtually all of the symbols of Halloween 
are evil. Witches, monsters, ogres, vampires, ghosts, ghouls, goblins, devils, demons, all portray evil. Evil. What are we putting on a costume representing a demon? Again, the plight is still pastor with uh, with the pastors, um, not knowing, not doing their homework. As pastors out there, and even fathers, it's our responsibility to be, to be protectors. And we need to do the research. And I told my children, we're not going to Halloween, and we're not giving candy out. We turn off our light. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, and we're not turning on our lights. We're not getting our candy. Okay, and you're not going to um, do to participate. So thank God that you know, in the Holy Spirit. Thank God we have power over demonic forces. Uh, greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. But this is the thing we deal with. We wonder why our nation is so weak today uh, because of um, just evil and wickedness on every level, every level. You know, there was a Dr. Hans. There was a, a Congress person and saying that they were going to go out and sacrifice a chicken to Molech. And this is in our White House. These are representatives practicing these occult rituals. Well, remember earlier I mentioned that uh, Samhain was a supreme night of the demonic jubilation of spirits of the dead would rise out of their graves and wander the countryside, trying to return to the homes where they formerly lived. And frightened villagers tried to appease these wandering spirits by offering them gifts of fruits and nuts. This is the origin of the present-day trick or treat. So we're trying to give the demons a, a, a treat so they don't plague us, torment us, enter us. As children of God, thank the Lord. I really appreciate the Lord more and more as we see the days approaching of the authority he's given us. I was speaking with another bishop tonight at the church, and he was talking about how many people don't even understand spiritual warfare. But people are hungry. They know that something very strange is happening. And these rituals are going on, not just in Hall- on Halloween. That's just to get the masses involved, right? <laughs> A mass ritual. But they're doing this stuff every day. You know, they have these meetings and seances and rituals. You know, when we were growing up, I remember we used to do seances. And so we would go in somebody's garage. It, was, it would be all black. Everybody would hold hands. We would chant something. Thank God I forgot what it was. And everybody's holding hands. And when we say that chant, after the chant, someone got pinched. And we're like, we all holding hands. Who's doing this? So Ouija boards, all these things are just paganistic. And again, I feel that Halloween is just a, a time also to make money, but a time for a mass indoctrination, a mass ritual, even for the uh, new indoctrination of the children that's, that's growing up. Well, I've even read testimonies from uh, witches present and past that said they they don't understand how Christians are celebrating their holy day, their high day. I mean, they don't celebrate our holy days, but we celebrate theirs. You know, the sort of practices celebrated on Halloween are what defiled the ancient nations. Uh, Leviticus 18, 24 through 30. The Israelites were warned against such practices when they entered the promised land. Deuteronomy 18, 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord your God gives you, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of these nations. This Halloween is what's celebrated in, in the Druids, you know, the Celtics, and uh, 
pagan practices and religions. And what in the world are we picking up their habits for? You know, the Celtics. Well, they are they are have slowly eroded our righteousness as a nation. Uh, there was a quote out there saying that um, America is great because it's good. But if America ceases to be good, it will be it will cease to be great. And so bringing over the Christian um, worship and way of life, bless this nation. Uh, there's a book out called um, by Jonathan Kahn, his latest one, The Return of the Gods, and a very powerful book. And he was talking about these things, about the old pagan rituals they were doing. Uh, they would sacrifice children for uh, good luck for the year. And so, you know, these things are strange to us. No one ever taught us these things, that these things were happening even today. So we have to really wake up. I believe there's acceleration now with all social media programs like this that's preaching the truth that people can wake up and receive and, and turn away from their wicked ways. Yeah, all through the Bible, they, they sacrifice the other religions people and children to the gods to appease them. You know, is Halloween just another innocent holiday that doesn't harm anyone? Is it really just childish fun? Should the church be compromised by accommodating itself to the culture? Vandalism and wanton disregard for the property of others is common on Halloween night. Even normally well-behaved children are driven by unseen forces to destructive behavior. Police officials everywhere report a great increase in such activities on Halloween. Worse yet are the horrifying accounts of poison candy and fruits booby-trapped with razors and needles. Such threats are so real that many hospitals offer x-rays of Halloween treats in order to prevent children from being harmed. Who but Satan could inspire such actions? Eric? Yes, well, it's our responsibilities as parents, most of all, and I speak to all the parents out there and grandparents to protect the children. They don't know. And um, you are the leader of your house. You let them know. Yeah, I understand that they're doing a school. Take them the kids out of school for that day. If they're even in public school, I don't even recommend they, they be in public schools. They need to be homeschooled with all the craziness going on today. We have to become more educated as Christians. And this is why the enemy has gained ground. And this is why the, the church at large uh, and the organizations are very weak because we don't have the information to teach. And right now, with all the Internet and everything, there's no excuse for not knowing the truth. When America and the world celebrates the festival of Samhain, Halloween, the powers of darkness by masquerading as evil creatures are decorating our homes, schools, businesses and churches with occult symbols. Satanic powers glorified. While you may have participated in all the fun, be assured Halloween is serious business for Satanists and witches. Those who oppose Christ are known to organize on Halloween to observe satanic rituals to cast spells to oppose churches and families to perform sacrilegious acts and even to offer blood sacrifices to Satan. As evil prevails, Americans have embraced an evil day of Satan with the pranks of would-be hoodlums combined with demon faces on pumpkins Clothing of death being worn and calling it fun. When Christians participate in Halloween, it sends a message to children that witchcraft, demonism, Satanism, and the occult are something fun, entertaining, and harmless. Eric? With the uh, advent of social media and uh, Disney, hundreds of thousands of children, millions around the world, 
are being introduced to Satanism and all the symbology that goes with it. And so we are in a fight for the nations and the souls of men and women, boys and girls, and for the nations. And if you look at Revelation, it talks about, you know, these frogs coming out of the mouth of the beast, the false prophet and the Antichrist that is uh, coming with signs and wonders that will deceive many and lead many to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to the warning program. Halloween is what we're talking about. I'll tell you what, don't let your child put on demonic faces. Don't let them celebrate Halloween. It's Satan's number one holiday. I'll tell you what, if you've listened to this program and you just don't care, you are spiritually dead. I'm sorry, you're just dead. There's no discernment within you. You don't take anything serious. Um, you don't understand evil spirits or demons. You probably ignore it. Um, I'll tell you what, God help you and your family. Because evil is being poured out on America. Demons, the Bible warns about, is going to run rampant in the last days, coming out of the pit of hell itself. And we're in for a lot of death, two billion people dying. And uh, the church is the only one that can stop the insanity. And when the church is so naive itself and so lukewarm, so backslidden, and instead of fighting it, they're celebrating evil holidays. God help us. 360-629-5248 is my phone number. 360-629-5248. Worldministries.org. Worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations. Worldministries.org. So we can have a great revival. Go into the stadiums. Have Pentecost come down once again. Worldministries.org. And give me, please, your very best offering. We need to get this all over on national television. Seven days a week, I'm on television and radio, but we need to move it to a national level. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. In the studio again with me was Eric Hurd out of Florida, Sons of Issachar. Thank you, Eric. God bless you, Dr. Hanson. Thanks for having me. We are definitely in the last days. I'm speaking to you again. October 21, 2023. Israel, Hamas are at war. So we're in a situation that is becoming more and more dangerous, pulling in more and more nations that are watching. We're going to be facing in the future wars. And I want to talk about today the word trust. We're in our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience with the staff and their families, including children. Trust. According to Webster's Dictionary, the word trust means confidence in a person or thing because of the qualities one perceives or seems to perceive in him or it. To have faith or trust in, she trusts him implicitly. Unquote. When we trust someone, it does not mean we believe that person is perfect. See, nobody's perfect. But it does mean we believe they are not going to betray or walk out their vows because their spouse is just being human. No person can meet all their spouse's emotional needs. It's impossible. If you're looking for the perfect woman or man, you're going to be single. Yes. It ain't out there. That animal doesn't exist, so to speak. There's no perfect person. You got to give grace. No person can meet their spouse's emotional needs. You can't meet all of their needs. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. 
who had the advantage of being God. Without trust, there is no relationship. Without trust, one cannot obey God. Without trust, a person cannot have a successful marriage. They will either divorce or live in constant fear and stress about what their spouse is going to do next. Will they cheat on their vows or just break their vows by deserting them? You got to have trust. Sharon, you heard her testimony on television. A member of this congregation, staff if you want to call it, just came back from Israel, Jerusalem. She was there as the war broke out. But you also heard she went to sleep. She had trust in God. Again, in the middle of the storm, trust. You know, Jesus had trust when the waves were going to collapse the boat they were riding in. The disciples were going crazy. They were going berserk. Their emotional stress level was out of control. They woke him up. But Jesus had trust and was sleeping like a baby. The Lord, a fortress in adversity, Psalms 31 tells us. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me. O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up in the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Soul, will, mind, and emotions. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, sins, and my bones waste away. See, can we trust in God? Worry is a sin. Anger, unforgiveness. Last night we had a person in our prayer meeting speak on deliverance. Do we really mean and believe what we think God is and say he is? If we do, we don't need to be run away with our emotions. You can sleep in the storm. Do you really believe it? And she went to the point and said, quit defending yourself. When you recognize it, just repent. Repent if you want deliverance, if you want salvation, if you want peace. Don't defend your actions. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. 
I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of my mind, I am a broken vessel. Again, Psalm 31, David. For I hear the slander of many fears on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. See, this is the key to anybody who wants peace. I trust in you. My eyes are focused on you. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be in turmoil because rockets are coming down. I trust in you. Sharon's testimony. I wasn't afraid. I went to sleep. I think that's beautiful. Oh, Lord, I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications. When I cried out to you, O Lord, love the Lord. All you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all who hope in the Lord. David went through all of these problems, yet he put his trust in God and did not let his problems overwhelm him. And he had real enemies that were really plotting to destroy him. Now the word trust is used over 150 times. And it appears in nearly every book in the Bible. There is a saying by men, both professional and men in general, who have had a good marriage for over 50 years. They say, the more I know about women, the more I realize I don't understand them. Are we there? Well, Many people don't understand God, but that doesn't mean they don't trust in him. So you might not understand your spouse, but that doesn't mean you don't, that you don't have to trust your spouse. You see what I'm saying? You might not understand men, you might not understand women, but you can trust your spouse, just like you don't understand God all the time, but you can trust God. King David did not always understand God. He didn't think God always understood him. But King David put his trust in God. That was his salvation, and that was his peace. Job 1. Let's look at Job and his family in Uz. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and feared God and shunned evil. 
And seven sons and three daughters were born to him, and his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their sisters, three, to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So Job continued to put himself before God and continued to offer penance even over his children. Satan attacks Job's character. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro from the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on earth. A blameless, upright man who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him, around his household, around everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. His possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and surely he'll curse you. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. God allows us to go through trials, testing. Where is our faith? Something little goes wrong, do we get mad? Well, I'm going to leave God, I'm, I'm, whatever. Look what Job has gone through. He is going to really be tested. Job loses his property and children. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen that were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another also came. The fire of God fell from heaven and burnt up the sheep and the servants, consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house. It fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. He said, Naked have I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now we read the story. The question is, do you realize what a severe test this was? Can you even comprehend what you would do? 
I doubt it. Unless something goes wrong and you're already going out of your mind and charging God and getting mad and everything else, then I know what you would do. Do you understand this test? Job 2, 1 through 10. Satan attacks Job's health. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro from the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then he said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, blameless, upright, who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you have incited me against him to destroy him without cause, without cause. You got to be very careful when you don't judge somebody. Oh, their sin brought it on. Without cause, this happened to Job. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his head to the crown of his head, uh, sole of his feet, boils. And he took himself postured with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. You know, a broken pot scraping the boils. Wow! Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Hey, God isn't real. His prayers doesn't answer. Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as a foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. You can see in the story of Job that Job trusted God no matter how awful the outward circumstances were. Job understood the word of God, offered up sacrifices to God, but bad things still happened to Job and his family. Job didn't understand why bad things were happening in his life. But he still chose to trust God. Knowing that God knew and understood all things and made righteous decisions. See, the Bible said all things work together for good. The woman last night would have said, do you really believe it? Well, you really don't believe it if you start murmuring, grumbling, complaining. Uh, God cursing. No, not in the heart you don't believe it. And the woman would tell you clearly, repent, no excuses, and go back to God. If not, we're subject to attacks by evil spirits. We open the doors. Job didn't listen to his wife who wanted Job to turn his back on God. Instead, he continued to trust in God and give grace to his wife. He didn't leave her. You know, it's a good thing that through all of this, he still kept himself righteous. Through all of this, he wasn't under so much stress because he trusted in God that he didn't let stress overwhelm him and just say, get out of my face, woman. Instead, he gave her grace. He didn't leave her. 
What about you, dear saint? Do you trust in God when things go wrong in your life? Do you trust your spouse when they disappoint you in some area of thought or emotional need? Or are you ready to desert your family because of human imperfections? I'm not talking about adultery. But when they're imperfect and don't understand or sympathize with you the way you want them to. There's entire books written, if only he knew, if only she knew. Because we don't know each other. We don't understand each other. You need to study each other. Marriage counseling, I've done a lot of it. I've got the books that a woman should lead. If only she knew. Then she starts to understand her husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if only she knew. And the man reads it and, oh, yeah. It helps because truth brings revelation. Truth takes away deception. If you're looking for a perfect person to always understand you, you will fail in marriage because you're looking for a God and not a marriage partner. No spouse can take the place of God because people are not perfect and need to give grace to one another to survive in marriage, business, friendship, families, etc. If you have people that have rejected you, that's their sin. They don't know what grace is all about. But if I understand the Bible, God is going to teach them grace mm -hmm. through a lot of problems that are going to come their way. Please judge yourself. Give grace to your partner. If your spouse is not involved in infidelity, but just has human frailties and doesn't understand you, give them grace. It is possible they will never be able to fully understand and meet your emotional needs. Did you hear the statement from a man after 50 years of marriage? One thing I know is I still don't know. My wife. <laughs> And that was considered a good marriage. Mm -hmm. After 50 years, I still don't understand her. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to fully meet your spouse's emotional needs. 1 Peter 4.8 Above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Love. If you really know Jesus, then... You have the love to cover the sins. Say, I can't do it. You don't really know Jesus as much as you think you do. It will cover the sins yes. if you really know him. Yes. It covers yes. mistakes. Trust in God and give him grace. Even though circumstances might be going on in your life that you don't understand or agree with, give God grace. Job gave God grace. Why? Because Job understood the word of God that all things work together for good. He understood that even though he didn't understand why he was going through it. There are some people that can give that testimony. Fox's Book of Martyrs, Bonhoeffer and others. And there's others that are totally outside of God because they don't understand it and curse God because things didn't go their way. You've heard both ways. Oh, God doesn't hear. He's not real. For love covers a multitude of sins. Trust in God. Give Him grace. Even though circumstances might be going on in your life that you don't understand or agree with. Because you know Scripture tells us that all things work together for good to them 
that love him. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. God wants you to have a future. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have good things. Obviously, it's your choice that you have got to want to do it God's way. That's what gives us good things. God knows what we're created and how we're made. And if you do it his way, you stay healthy. If you want to say, like Benjamin, frankly, wealthy and wise. Also give grace to your spouse and friends. Because trust is the basis for all relationships. Yes. You know how valuable friendship is? It's important. We shouldn't just throw it away. Friendship is important. I've had people here that have been with me since 1998. That's valuable. It's important. Through thick and thin, good and bad, hard times or great times, true friends who trust in what we're doing here. People are not perfect and never will or can be perfect. As long as there's no infidelity, outright betrayal, or total disloyalty, love covers a multitude of sins and keeps the relationship intact. Indeed. Remember, trust can be restored when repentance has taken place. Yes. It can be. Doesn't God trust you after you repent? Right. I mean, can't you give grace to the people as easily as God gives it to you? God requires us to forgive so he can forgive us and restore us to a place of trust. Matthew 6, 9-13. In this matter, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Now, let me tell you, I pray this prayer with my son every single day. Every day. I pray it with Michael, Jonathan, Jedediah, Hanson. Every day. I'm telling you, I never forget. My parents raised me that way. I learned it every day. My wife and I pray this prayer with him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, sometimes MJ substitutes it. Give us this day our daily pancake. Give us this day our daily French, give us this day our, our daily macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so he understands it. See, bread, food. Yes. And I, I like that when he, when he substitutes it. Yes. Forgive us our debts. And I, we, we make it e easier. Forgive us our sins as we forgive our, those that sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now my son, four years old, he can say that by himself. Totally. Amen. Teach him another prayer for breakfast. Uh, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us God our daily bread. Amen. He says that. He closes his eyes and says it before I give him his first bite. We talk. I want him to trust God. I want him to trust God. I want him to thank God. I want him to know where our food and everything comes from. Yes. Our well-being. Yes. 
From Adam to this present day, God has been searching for people who will entrust their lives totally to him. He desires a body of faithful believers who give him their complete trust and confidence and commit themselves wholly to his keeping. God wants people that will totally commit to him. He will love you and bless you and multiply you and the Lord will take away from you all your sicknesses. The Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you. Deuteronomy 7, 13, 15, and 21. We just have to commit our ways and trust him totally. You can do that right now. We've all failed and we failed sometimes daily in some way. Just say, God, forgive me and go right back into trusting in him. Give him grace, give other people grace, and he'll give you grace. World Ministries International, World Ministries International, World Ministries International, and worldministries.org. Support us so we can continue on this station. God bless you. Shannon? Hey, that was a great interview and message today. I do encourage everybody out there, tune again, to become a supporter of World Ministries International. They're on the front lines for Jesus and Dr. Hansen, also, if someone would like to make contact with your office, do you have a phone number or a mailing address you might give out? It's 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248. If they want to write me a check or a letter, Address it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. I put on the check WMI. Once again, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. They can also contact us via our website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org, worldministries.org. We take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, PayPal, Zelle. The reference is warning at worldministries.org. Again, Zelle, warning at worldministries.org. Once again, Zelle is on warning at worldministries.org. Shannon? Praise God. Brother Hanson, you want to close us in prayer today? Father God, thank you. For again, this opportunity to serve you again. This world's going to change out of nowhere, just like Hamas out of nowhere invaded Israel. Took them by surprise. Out of nowhere, things are going to change, and it's going to take many Christians by total surprise. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be psychiatric breakdowns, unfortunately, because the body of believers are not prepared primarily because of the man behind the pulpit or woman. The pastor is not preparing the church primarily. Some are, most are not. Help us now in these days we live in to be prepared for what is going to happen. Bless Omega Man Radio, World Ministries International, Lord. Let us continue to sound the alarm fearlessly without compromise. We'll give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Hansen, for letting us be a part of this. I enjoy this every week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. God bless you, Shannon. Thank you.